How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you, Grant. Nice to meet you for the first time, man. How you doing, man? Good. How are you? I'm good. Hungry. You got? Yeah. You got yeah. to finish up, finish up a session. Uh, no, but he uh, he fights in a week and a half. So. So I in- saw. Yeah, we'll jump right to it. I was just checking you out. So you're fighting on the thirtieth. Yep. Yeah. Um, and where can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, you can watch it on ESPN Plus, um, and it's in Vegas. And I'm fighting Jared Gordon. Have you fought in Vegas before? Oh, yeah. Lots of fights. So that's interesting. If you need to step away to grab some food or something, man, we totally understand that. Nope, you're good. I don't eat for another hour. <laughs> I'm just glad I don't want you kicking my ass for making you hungry. <laughs> so um, so th- that's interesting, man, because I've been to Vegas before. Um, I've got a good friend there, and to most normal people, we know Vegas is just we go there to be drunken idiots, right? So, tell us what it's like from the perspective of a fighter, because like, yeah, you're going to Vegas, but you're going there to work. So, can you kind of I mean, tell behind the scenes, like, kind of what it's like? Yeah, I mean, I don't really go to Vegas unless I am fighting. Um, I'm not really a drinker. Um, actually, I don't drink at all, and I I don't really go out or do do much other than train and fight. So. You know, Vegas to me is a workplace. It's not really a place that I would go for fun. Uh, it, it's kind of, it's kind of, uh, what's, it's dry and, and <laughs> hot there. So it's not really a place that I would go there for fun. But uh, yeah, it's always, it's always a work thing, you know, getting off the plane, um, getting picked up and, and it, it's, it's definitely like a, a work environment for me at least. Yeah. So when you guys go, uh, how long, how long will the trip be? Like how Many days before the fight, you get in, and then you just kind of roll out afterwards? So I leave Tuesday, and I come back Sunday. Okay. And the fight is, you said, Friday? Saturday. Saturday. Okay, cool. Nice. That would be, yeah, man, that would be certainly different. I, I, I'm obviously not a fighter, but I've been to places like that before where you're working, and it is, man, it's a different feel. So, Ellie, I'm, you're, you're going to be with them, I'm sure? No, uh, I, I don't always go. I'll, I'll go, like, watch if uh... – if I can, but um, with the with the Vegas fights right now, they're all in the apex ever since COVID first started, and the mm-hmm. apex is tiny, so the tickets sell out super fast, and they're a lot more expensive. Um, so I, I the last few I haven't I haven't been at. Um, I went out to Vegas for of his last. They didn't even have fans that time, so I just watched it out at our uh, manager's house and just picked him up after. So my boy Odin's on here. Um, we're good friends. He just said fight night at his place. So we'll do that. We'll put together fight night. We'll go out and watch you from his place hey. and hollering from uh, from Fayetteville. Um, you name Odin. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I want to meet this guy. There he is. Yeah, he'll Odin throw a request to join for a minute if you want, man. He's uh, he's a character. We were actually roommates in Afghanistan. He's a great guy. And you so you mentioned there was no crowd. Um, I guess this question's for both you guys. Uh, does that affect you at all can you once you step into the cage and you're going do you even know if there's a crowd or not because i know sometimes like with other sports they feed off the energy you know what i mean so when you're in there do you do you even know if there's a crowd or not or like does that affect you um so i've only fought once without a crowd it was right at the beginning of covid it was super weird for me it was also obviously a much smaller show than uh than grant fighting for the ufc but it was kind of bizarre. Like, it didn't really feel like I was fighting when I walked out. Definitely, I was used to that big crowd, the big arena. And all of my pro fights, uh, obviously, have been in Kansas City, where they didn't really shut down. We always had fans and whatnot. 
So I, uh, I didn't really get to experience it more than once. I know you actually kind of like the no crowd, right? I mean, I haven't fought in front of a crowd in like two or three years. So the last, the last fight was when I fought Derek Minner and uh, that was four fights ago. So mm -hmm. I haven't fought with a crowd in a while. And I don't really care. Um, I definitely think walking out is a little bit more intense with, with audience, with fans. It's kind of hard to not have, like, be energetic and have, like, a, a good push when you walk out. But other than that, I, I really don't notice. Um, it's nice not hearing booze. <laughs> you know, like, if there's a lull in for even a second, you hear some drunk dude yelling, twist his dick. So. You came to mind. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm cool with it either way. Okay, cool. Yeah, because it's funny, man. My my little boy, I got two sons, they're ten and eight, and they're huge into WWE. And when they be watching that stuff with no crowd or anything, it's just weird. Even as spectators watching on TV, and there's just no crowd, it's like this is weird. Like it doesn't yeah. seem seem right. So y'all got the move. You're done with the move. How did that go? We're kind of done with the move. There's still boxes everywhere, but. Uh, we are moved in. Uh, it's, I mean, we love being down here, and it's it's great. It's warm all the time. Sunny. There's palm trees. We're tanner. I can definitely see it in your face. You're definitely tanner. From Missouri to Florida? Yep. Now, what's it like in Florida living there? We love it. I, like, I, we got here, there's zero, there have been zero restrictions. I have not walked into a single place where anybody has asked us to put on a mask. Um, which I'm a fan of, obviously. I think it's starting to calm down everywhere, or most places anyway. Um, but I, uh, I, I like it. I like it a lot. Obviously, you've got to train somewhere else now. You move states, you're going to move gyms. Were you able to stay with your camps that you're with and you just changed facilities, or, or how did that go? Uh, no, we're, we're at a new gym, so we're at American Top Team now. How's that going? And you'd already decided that before you went to Florida? Yes. How are you liking their top team? I mean, I love it. There's uh, a world-class guys every single day. I don't think I've had a round with somebody that wasn't in PFL or the UFC um, since I got here. Uh, all of my main training partners are just world-class athletes, world-class fighters, which makes you better. And then yeah. the coach here is great because there's so many coaches and they're all world-class and you get to work with, you know, who you want to work with and, it's just, it's a really great atmosphere, and they've done a really good job of making us feel welcome. Staff is incredible. Um, we've really, I, I've, I've never had multiple women in my weight class to train with. So this is the first gym I've ever been at where I have a whole crew of atom weights every single day, you know. That's uh, incredible for me. Which is great. I'd imagine it's a little bit more difficult for that. I know that we talked about it last time when you were on, but if you guys, and I know it, it varies depending on what you're doing, much like the military. It's like, well, there is no set standard day. It depends what we're doing. But uh, so I guess, Grant, as you get closer to your fight days now, um, and I'm sure every second is going to be, you know, already planned out, like what you're doing, how much you're eating. Like we know you can't eat for an hour. So can you just talk us through briefly, like the next 10 days going up to the fight, if you would? I mean, it's going to be like a, pretty much a, an intense training session once a day. Um, getting in a good cardio push. I'm done with my live rounds. So, you know, I'm not going to get hit in the face. I'm not going to get worried about an injury or anything like that. It's mainly just going to be bringing my weight down, high cardio stuff, um, good volume stuff, and then 
a lot of mental preparation, but usually I'll stop. I'll be done working out probably Saturday and then we leave Tuesday. So I'll get a, I'll get a light workout in on Monday, but other than that, it's just going to be kind of easy and uh, just working on getting the weight off and, and being ready for the fight. So how much are you dropping? Cause you're fighting at 155. Yeah. And I'm, what about, do you I'm about 175 right now. Okay. And you guys get you do you get do you ever get used to that feeling of dropping that much weight? No, it always sucks. <laughs> it's horrible. And so but you will you'll weigh in what 24 hours before, right? That's when you have to hit 155. Uh, usually more than 24. Yeah, I weigh in at 9 a.m. So I'll, I'll usually get more than 24 hours, but traditionally it's 24 hours before the event. And then so and then you start rehydrating basically as soon as you step off the scale. I probably, sometimes before I step off the scale. <laughs> cool. Um, so, okay, I had a question, too. You were saying you'll get a good cardio push. Because everything's relative, right? And um, so what, what is a good cardio push for you, for a professional fighter? What do you consider a good cardio push session? Uh, tomorrow we got a circuit. It's going to be a pad session, a grappling session, and a ground and pound session, back to back to back three times. And it's a... Uh, it's a pretty hard push. Um, it'll probably be pads for three minutes, ground and pound, and then grappling for three, and then do that three times. So, and then I like to jump on the treadmill too, and uh, get a light, light push in. You know, like speed around five, five and a half, and uh, do that for about twenty-five minutes, just to keep the sweat going and keep the calories burning. I dig it. And if y'all are watching any questions for these fighters, you got a great, you got great sources right here. You got professional fighters, so. Um, let's talk about, because I'm sure, I know you just did a Q&A the other day. How did that go? You did That looked pretty cool. I saw the plug for it. Yeah, uh, with Alan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, it was a lot of fun. It was with one of our old teammates. So he was just, he, he and her have a, a uh, company together. Yeah, we, uh, me and uh, five, uh, or four, sorry, four other friends, um, we uh, started an NFT brand mm -hmm. recently. So we, uh, uh, most uh, over half our team is uh, our MMA fighters, and we're we're utilizing. Uh, actually, one of our our guys just hops on. What's up, Isaac? Um, so we're actually going to be using uh, MMA fighters as our characters for for the NFTs, which I'm really excited about. Um, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. We just have a really cool community. We you know we talk about our UFC picks. We do draft picks. That's cool that when you have a one crowd that you kind of work train with, um, that you can bring that into. So. Um, let's ask a couple questions. I'm going to try to get some outside because I'm sure you just talk about fighting all day, every day, um, which I'm sure you love because it is your passions, but, um, let's try to get some other stuff here. These are actually questions when I was a guest on a podcast, uh, my boy, Paul from Urban Savage and, uh, had some pretty cool questions. So, um, this one's fascinating. We like to talk about this stuff. What are some mental pursuits or knowledge consumption? you're currently working on so like are you are you do you have any time even outside of your job for fighting that you're are you reading anything right now you're working on any degrees like you just talked about your company so what outside of fighting are you guys pursuing or doing um right now i'm i'm mostly focused on outside of mma i'm focused on the nft brand and also on uh my uh, it's kind of my like my passion project, my end goal is to just help as many kids uh, in comp like getting into combat sports as I possibly can. 
Um, I eventually want to focus on like lower income areas, help those kids get into combat sports, help them have options, especially for the kids who aren't going to have a way out through like football, basketball, who aren't those like these genetic freaks. Uh, MMA has avenues for people of all sizes, all weight classes, you know, so um, that's kind of my my end goal. And uh, I'm starting with that. Uh, I know, you know, I have a long history with first form. So I'm actually, uh, I've been talking with them and I'm really excited. I think uh, we're going to try and start sponsoring kids through club wrestling seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really excited about that. I'm As right now, we're just like, I'm starting a Facebook community for young athletes and obviously and parents of young athletes just to help them with nutrition, have a support system, getting through those years um, in combat sports and other sports as well. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. I have time. I just choose not to use it <laughs> because the only thing that interests me is fighting. <laughs> oh, that's right now. And knowing that and, and being good with that, I think that's just fine. Um, okay. Let's see. Cause you're four fights in the UFC, right? Uh, this will be my seventh. Hell yeah, dude. I was way off. I apologize about that. Oh, you're good, man. But you are on an eight fight win streak, right? Yep. Did see that. Hell yeah, dude. Nice. Okay. Uh, and L, let me know if I can help with that at all. I think that's a great idea what you're doing. Here's a good one. Uh, and you guys are probably long over these, so you can we can go back a few years if you need to. Any bad habits you're working on getting rid of or improving or not, not being as bad? What are some bad habits, I guess, getting into the fight game maybe to the level that you guys are at? Because, I mean, you're, you're at the pinnacle. You're at the top. So what were some things you kind of had to let go of to become where you're at now, if any? Does that make sense? That's a good question. I don't really – I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do any kind of drugs. But I wanted to be an MMA fighter when I was very young. So staying away from those things was kind of a given for me. And my mom and my dad never did any of those things or don't do any of those things in front of me at least. And so I, I never really grew up around it. So it was kind of in my head, like, hey, stay away from that stuff. I will say that a really big vice of mine is that I eat like crap outside of fight camp. I absolutely love McDonald's. I grew up on McDonald's. Uh, there's six in my family, six kids in my family. So mom, you know, couldn't cook every night. So anytime we would go to McDonald's, I would absolutely love it. Uh, I worked there for two years. And I ate it every day, and I still love it. I'm so addicted to McDonald's. So that's something that I'm definitely trying to work on is having a better diet outside of camp. But when you don't have other vices like going out and drinking and stuff like that, it's really hard to be like, yeah, no, I'm going to go get some McDonald's. So that, that's something that I'm, I'm trying to work on and get better at right now. So real quick, then we'll go to you, El. Uh, McRib, yes or no? Oh, my God, yes. I have a general rule. I don't fight during McRib season or Shamrock Shake season. Those, that's, those are my two rules. I'll fight anybody, anytime, but just not, not McRib or Shamrock Shake season. Yeah, because people, it's like, it's funny. That's one of those biggest things where there's a line in the sand. Either people love the McRib or people hate them. And I think it's disgusting. There's I think no in between. Oh. Mm-hmm. There's I, I don't know what, I don't understand what it's made from. Like, you don't, we don't want to question them. We don't want to know. We don't need to know. It's a giant yellow and red M. I don't think they're promoting health. Yeah, no. Uh, man, those things. I will literally gasp. I remember like the last six or seven times I'll be driving down the road or whatever and see the billboard and it says the McRib's back. I will literally gasp out loud and start texting. 
gotta turn around. You gotta whip around. Go get you one every yeah. time. The extra McRib for a dollar. No, right? Oh my gosh, dude! I'll come back with a bag. The okay. only, the only thing that I don't like about the McRib, and this this is the only thing, is it's so hard to eat in the car because it's so messy. So like, I don't like eating it in the car. But if you wait to get home, the heat isn't right. You know what I'm talking about? Like, the the temperature isn't correct. So it's you know, it, you gotta eat it inside to really enjoy it. I have funny because what I was going to say next this was when I was in Missouri still I was recruited for the army there and I just finished this high school event and I was in my dress blues and dry whatever happened I got to take a meal or whatever but where I was just starving my face hole off and I hadn't eaten like five hours I'm in my blues driving a government vehicle I was eating McRibs in my blues while driving not a man out of my own heart <laughs> after my own heart I mean I was so impressed with myself from that it was fantastic but it is, it's funny how much it, you can have. That's a straight up divided home. Is McRib yes or no? Yeah. I don't oh, get it. All right. Um, great answers, though. Thanks. Okay, Elle, what about you? Any? What did you have to kind of sit down to move forward? Yeah, I, I really got to. I have celiac disease. And sometimes I just choose to pretend that I don't have celiac disease, which is not how that works. So I have uh, been working on not eating gluten because it's really bad for me. I did stop biting my nails this year, though. That's they, good. That was, uh, I have bit my nails since I was literally, like, for as long as I can remember. My parents tried everything to get me to stop because, obviously, it's just, it's gross. It's a gross habit. <laughs> so I, uh, this last year, I think, actually, it was, uh, we got engaged and... I put my ring on and I like wanted to take a picture of my hand and I looked and like nails looked so gross. And I was like, okay, I'm going to have pretty nails in wedding <laughs> pictures of my ring. So that was like a goal of mine. And I just decided to stop. And I was like, wow, I just needed some level of willpower. Apparently. <laughs> what oh, the, the ring's got to look good. So that's, that's a hell of a and what are the top three lessons you think you've pulled from life thus far or that you, yeah, that you've learned from life in general or from being a fighter where you're at. What are, what are some life lessons learned from this point? And this is for both or either of you. You want to start? Here we go. Go ahead. Um, I think one of my biggest things uh, is like anything worth having, you're going to have to put in work you don't enjoy. I went from sport to sport as a kid. And I was always like just athletic enough to be like, okay. And then when I got to the point where if I wanted to go to a higher level, it would take a new level of work. I decided to say I was bored of it and I wanted to try something new. And then I, I found supplement superstores and I found MMA like right at the same time. And I found two things that I really cared about. I was very passionate about and I really cared about being good at. And uh, I realized I was going to have to put in a level of work I never experienced before. So that was, that was, that's probably one of my biggest ones. And then I think, uh, something we both say a lot is like how, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And I don't think people necessarily always agree with that, but I, I do think it's, it's a, it's a piece of, of being successful in what you want to do. Um, if, if the little things in your life aren't in order, the larger things will never be in order as, as well. You know, like you, you can't, you can't have one without the other. 
And so that's something like we notice. like, I mean, we're moving right now. Everything's chaotic. Everything's a mess. And it's like, when things aren't put away and things aren't where they need to be, like, that definitely takes a toll on the rest of your day, your training schedule, everything else. And so like, once we, when we get organized and everything's neat, it definitely spills over into our lives, you know? Yeah. I guess that's only two things. But <laughs> why don't you want to add a third? I guess, I guess for me, life is kind of like a social media algorithm. You know, the, the stuff that you watch and the stuff that you uh, surround yourself with and the stuff that you click on is going to show up in your feed or on, in your life. You know, if, if something, if things in your life aren't like nothing seems to be working, whether you're losing your job all the time or you're getting offended all the time or, or whatever it is, if things just aren't working out in your life, you know, I would say the first thing to look at is what are you surrounding yourself with in your life? Are your friends losers? Are your friends the type of people that you want to be? Are your, your, uh, the people you look up to, are they the type of people that you want to be? Are they the type of people that have good lives? Um, so that's been, that's been huge for me is just uh, not necessarily cutting people out, but changing the habits and changing the people that I hang out with and, and changing the things that I look at on social media and, and stuff like that. So. I think that's something that helped me out a lot. All of that was very well said. I definitely agree with that, man. I mean, you're dead on too. It's dead in other ways, you know, like if you hang around five millionaires, chances are you're going to be the sixth. If you hang around five fighters, chances are you're going to be the sixth. If you hang around five losers, chances are you're going to be the sixth. And I really like the analogy of, because uh, you nailed it, dude. It really is. Our lives is like a social media algorithm because we are what we eat. That's going to show physically in your body. We are what we read and watch. That's going to come out through our thoughts and, and what we're saying. Um, we are the things that we consume, whether it's food, friends, uh, media, all those types of things. It's going to show up in your feed. I, I, I think you nailed that uh, exactly, man. And that's it's important and it's very hard to kind of, like you said, um, to excuse away like, oh, well, you know, I'm bored with this. I'm going to go to something else. We can very easily make excuses for ourselves to justify it. I'm one of those where I'm really good. I can talk myself in or out of just about anything. Yeah. And it's justified. So, uh, yeah, man, I think y'all nailed it. Um, here's a good one. We may need to come back to this because I can, I don't think I ever came up with an answer. So I'll throw this out. If you have an answer, let's hear it. Um, but we can come back to it. Most useful purchase in the last six months under $100. Under $100. Yeah. And it's tough, I think, for people like us because we're very much in the routines to where we don't necessarily just buy frugally or just, you know what I mean? So it's, I found that one. I don't, I don't know that I've ever had an answer for In the last three months, are you going on Amazon to see what you bought? <laughs> see what we've ordered. I was trying to think about that. I don't know. Um, Isn't that a good question? That's I got a good you. Question. All right, send it. We got a tanning chair <laughs> or like a it, beach it's chair. It's a really good chair. It has a face hole and arm holes, so you can like lay there with your face down and like sun your back. It's actually really comfortable. It has like a little like cushy thing for your face. It's, it's pretty nice. So is it? It's like a lounger though. It's not a chair. Is it like yeah. a lounge? Flat it's like a beach chair. It lounges up, so you can like sit and sit up in it, or you can lay flat and tan your back with the face hole and your arms through the hole. It's really light. Yeah, it is. I'm gonna have to look into that. 
So I saw really, I was just in Alabama with my boys and got to go to their baseball game. I saw it's not as cool as you guys' thing, but it was like a camping chair that had like, it looked like a rocker, I think, but it had like no shit, um, like um, springs, like hydraulics on the back of it. To where, I don't know, it was really weird looking where you could like lean back and it'll go with you. It was the hydraulics moving it back and forward. I'm looking at them like, what in the hell is that? The whole point. Of I don't know, it was really weird. Hmm. Need to, so you got that on Amazon? Because I got to see the thing now, at least. Yeah. yeah. Do I just search the <laughs> chair? I mean, I, I we can send it to you. And we'll okay. send you the link. But you might be able to see it on my... It's, it's a good, it's a solid chair, though. Yeah. It's just about time for that again, too. What is this, April, May? So, yeah, Memorial Day next time. Time for it here. Always. Always. Every day. So I've been to Destin a few times. That's where my in-laws love to go. So we've got, I've been to Destin quite a few times. But as far as Florida, that's about it. I uh, I really like South Florida. The beaches near near us are all really nice. Like we're, so we're actually in North Lauderdale now, which is like Fort Lauderdale, but cheaper. Um, mm -hmm. so that's where we live now. But we were staying with our friend up in Boynton. Uh, oh, here you go. I don't know if you can see it. I can. Yep. So it lays flat, and then you got like the armholes so you can be on your phone, and then you got the face <laughs> so you can uh, get your back, and then it's really comfortable when you set it up. It is. It's a super comfy. <laughs> well played. But yeah, we uh we were up and staying in Boynton, and there's a we were going to what was it Delray every week, uh, Delray, which is gorgeous. That that area is beautiful. I'd love to buy a house up there. I'm sure they're like 1.5 mil at least for the cheap ones. 1.5 But yeah, they're, it's, it's a beautiful area though. So we were going up to the beach up there like every weekend for like the first, it was like what, beginning of February, mid-February and we're already having beach days every Sundays. Nice. It's legit. You nailed it with the chair, I like that. Uh, let's see. So we can expand on this one. Any books or other media that you reread regularly to reinvigorate your interest in the topic. So, or, or just in general, what, what TV shows do you guys like to watch? Uh, movies, books, things like that. Um, my favorite book to read, I guess I listen to it usually, is The Energy Bus. I don't know if you've ever uh, read or listened to that. I actually, it's, it's a good one to listen to because it has kind of a fun little story to it. Um, but it's it's really just about like, positive energy, emulating positive energy, surrounding yourself with people who also share that positive energy. Um, uh, it's just a, it's a really good, it's a nice feel good book. Like it's really hard to listen to that for 30 minutes at the beginning of your day and then have a bad day. So that's one of my favorites to like, just re-listen to every few months, honestly. Um, it's, that's a solid book. Um, I don't know if you're, are you listening to anything right now? I mean, the books I listen to are about dragons and warlocks and stuff like that. I so. did. You were listening. I can't remember what. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just telling Grant. I saw that he was a Star Wars nerd. On yes. here. We love Star. Wars. So what? Well, I that's fine. Uh, have you guys have you heard of a Hell Divers series? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I I don't get it. I don't know a whole lot of that stuff. But um, what's the what's your favorite? Do you have like a favorite series? In that, I mean, I got 
plenty of friends that dig that stuff. Like a favorite book series or like a favorite TV show? Yeah. My favorite. Bananas? What is it? Oh, I said, hey, the fight bananas. Oh. Uh, my favorite fantasy TV show is probably Merlin. Uh, it was a show that came out when I was a kid, and we just rediscovered it as adults, and we absolutely love it. It's amazing. It's a BBC show, I'm pretty sure. Uh, it's No, it's incredible. Like, very well done. There's a... What, uh, platform? what, what platform? platform? What uh, platform? Say that one more time. Netflix. Oh, I got you. Nice. Have you read or familiar with the book of Ender's Game? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't read it since I was a kid, but uh, I didn't end up seeing the movie, though. I didn't either. Grant, have you read Ender's Game? Is that the one with kids that, that yeah. do this thing? And they yeah. think it's like Instagram? Yep. So I didn't read it. I'm dyslexic. And uh, so, no, I'm, I'm serious. Like, I'm actually dyslexic. Mm -hmm. And so, grew up, I wouldn't read these books. My older brother would read them and then tell him to me because we slept in the same room. So I remember him telling me about it. And then I believe Harrison Ford plays. He was in the movie. I yeah. never saw never saw the movie either, but. Oh, what's up, Drew? And Sid. Hey, Drew. Yeah, I haven't watched the movie either. That was like the first kind of, is that, what does that call sci-fi? Oh yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. for okay. sure. So I mostly read like the, um, I hate to compare it to the Bourne type novels, but like, I read like the CIA thrillers and all that stuff. But my buddy, him and I, like we deployed twice together, just see very eye to eye. And I remember him telling me about Ender's Game. He's like, dude, it's about this kid that they get to like save the galaxy and he does it, but he thinks plays He's like, just read it, dude, it's awesome. That book's actually on a lot of reading lists in the military. We have like a lot of your commanders will have reading lists or schools that you go to have reading lists, things like that. That's on a lot of military reading lists. It was That's cool. I I learned a long time ago, though. I remember, I forget what it was. I read the book, and then I was excited to watch the movie. And I watched the movie, and I was like, this sucked compared to the book. <laughs> that happens a lot, I feel yeah. like. So I think that's really why I didn't watch the movie Ender's Game, because at that point, I already knew. I was like, the book was so fantastic. I'm a, I'm a movie nerd. Like, I'm a big Harrison Ford fan. Like, I don't want to watch. I'm sure it's going to be bad. But, yeah. Here's the secret. And here, here's what people don't mention. The book is almost never better than the movie. The reason, the reason why you say it is, is because you liked, you, you liked the book first, right? So like, I've never read Game of Thrones, but I've seen Thrones, the TV show. And anytime somebody tells me that the book is better, I'm like, the book doesn't have boobs and then people cutting each other in half. So it can't be better, you know? I get to eat things. The problem is you just read it first liked it and then decided it didn't match what you came up with in your head that's the problem so watch the movie first i will say a wrinkle in time is a wonderful book and that movie was terrible yeah yeah that was a bad movie even if you watched that first that was just a bad movie because that was my favorite book when i was a kid my dad used to read all the a wrinkle in time books and that movie did not no didn't cut it it's also difficult because in the books, you get so much more backstory. You get so much more information in general. Yeah. The movie, they've got to take all of this, all of this cramming into like one and a half, 90 to 120 minutes. There's so That's much. 
So we're really into cartoons and uh, we like animated series. And I, uh, I feel like we like TV shows. We end up liking TV shows, especially like the DC TV shows, like Teen Titans <clears throat> and Young Justice. We end up liking those a lot better because they don't try and mash everything into an, an hour and a half long film. You know, they can really, they can really go through the development of all the characters and everything. So that's why we, I think, we end up liking TV shows a little bit better. Like we love Avatar: The Last Airbender. It's like one of our favorite series because the, it's just the growth, the character growth, and the storyline is just so good. Yeah, I dig it. So, what series are you guys watching right now? We've kind of been just rewatching some shows because we have so much going on. Are we really do? We're not really watching anything new right now. Oh, we've been watching. Uh, what's it called? Jake Long, American, American Dragon. Dragon. It's like a cartoon we grew up on. Okay. Just kind of playing it in the background, rewatching that. But yeah, nothing, nothing really new right now. We were talking about earlier. We we really love this show called Black Sails. Yes. Great Sales. show, right? Hmm. We were talking about rewatching that actually the other day. And yeah, hey, what's up, Jessica? Um, that's a great one because, like, what we were just talking about, you get so much of their backstory. Yeah. Realize it until what's up, Lisa? Uh, I, I had already watched it, and then I was watching it with my roommate, telling him how awesome it was, this and that. And then we're rewatching it, and I didn't realize, like, it wasn't boring to me because I dug all the characters, but I was like, there wasn't as much fighting as I remembered. There wasn't as much action as I remember, but it was still fine. I just, I just noticed that. I'm like, there's so much character information. Yeah. All right. So here's one for you guys. Um, and I'll leave it vague. That way I don't want to lead at all. What's up, Don? Actually, that'll be for the next one. You can think about this one, and then we'll come back to it. So I'm going to read you one, think about that, and then we're going to answer one previous. So what does success look like to you? I yeah. think success to... Uh, we, uh, I think being, being able to support the lifestyle that you want, doing something you enjoy every day, mm -hmm. I feel like that's, that's success to me. Like I, I genuinely, like, I genuinely want to help people. I genuinely want to help kids. And I'm perfectly aware that that stuff costs a lot of money. And so I want to be able to fund the life that I want and help the people that I want while still enjoying, like time with my family and my friends and, and the activities that I love. Mm. I like it. I would say waking up every day and not hating your life. <laughs> I know a lot of guys that have way more money than me, way better looking than me. I know the list is small, but <laughs> they're out there. Uh, and they just don't they just hate their lives and they like won't even admit to themselves that they hate their lives but you can just really tell that they're unhappy so i don't think uh i don't you know people say money don't buy happiness being poor doesn't buy happiness either so uh i really don't think money has anything to do with it i think that money just gives you the gives you the ability to do more that makes you happy so if you're waking up every day and you're loving, you're loving life and you're not going to love every second of every day, but if the majority of the days that you wake up and you just kind of say to yourself like, man, I just, I love the life that I have. I think that's what success in my mind looks like. Both great answers. I like that. And you're both correct. Uh, yourself, but like you said, Grant, um, 
being poor is hard. Being rich and successful is hard. Pick your hard. They're both, they're both tough. Which tough do you want to face? And then, kind of like you both said, uh, and I don't know if you're familiar with the older dude, Dan Pena. He's an older dude, always in just dripping ass suits. But, I mean, that it, he's very alpha male. Like, he's very loud. But he's right. And it's just extremely successful. Um, it, you have to have money before you can make any change. And like both of you guys said, like you said, L, like, it takes money to do these, to get kids in combat sports. It takes money to sponsor these, these young athletes. Unfortunately, you have to have money to do that stuff. So one of the big things is, like, get the coin before you can make any change. And then I love you saying that, Grant, just like, if you wake up and you're not happy with your life, then that's not success. That's a very easy way to sum it all up because it's we can talk forever and grandioso schemes, but happy with your life, that ain't success. I like it, man. Uh, let's see. What's your biggest failure and what have you learned from it? Mine is probably, uh, I would say, so I, I started a, a meal prep company a couple years ago um, with a friend of mine and then uh, we, we, we grew, you know, we grew, we brought on a third partner that injected some cash. He's going to let our dogs in real quick. But we, uh, we brought on a third partner. We had some growth. We were doing pretty well. Um, and then COVID kind of hit and uh, we, our kitchen actually ended up closing for a while. And the way the timing kind of worked out and where we were at, um, I realized that that, I realized a lot. I learned a lot in that whole process, but I realized how difficult it is to scale a business like that. And to make that jump from just you running everything to having a system in place that mm -hmm. runs. And I learned that, uh, which I still try all the time, but I learned that I can't do everything. And trying to be a full-time full -time professional athlete, have all my nutrition clients, take care of the investments that I'm interested in and running a business like that just was way too much. And so I think that, uh, I think that was a huge learning experience for me in business and, in uh, being a good business partner. I learned a lot. I made a lot of mistakes through that, have learning how to manage people. Um, it was definitely a process that, uh, I learned a lot from. So. How about you, Grant? Do you have anything, uh, what's your biggest failure and what have you learned from it? I don't know. Uh, maybe past relationships. I feel like when I was younger, I didn't really treat some people the way they, they should have been treated. So, and it taught me that when I did find the right one, not her, the dog, uh, <laughs> to, to make sure to, to be the best guy that I can be, I would say. But I, I think, I think a lot of my stuff has come from smaller failures i feel like it wasn't like a one big thing it was a bunch of little things that kind of like nudge you in the right direction and do you think so that's interesting i like that do you think those small things were was it hard for you to realize what was causing them or to to come up with the reason for the small failures yeah i i think it would depend on the uh I think it would depend on like what we're talking about you know i'm sure there's plenty of things that i haven't noticed yet that I will eventually, but my, my goal is to fix the small things so they don't become a big thing. You're always going to have failure, 
Um, and I think that if you can address the smaller failures, that really big failure that changes people's lives, you know, the, the rock bottom, you would say, I feel like if you can address the smaller failures immediately and kind of see what you're doing wrong, I think that doesn't necessarily always prevent the big rock bottom, but it sure does help. So I think that's the thing that some, that a lot of people, that's the thing every can look at is that self accountability and kind of seeing, okay, I don't have what I want yet. What am I doing wrong? Or this didn't go well. What am I doing wrong? Instead of, you know, you have people that are always, we live in a society where it's always pointing the finger. Well, I didn't succeed because she's not pretty enough or I didn't succeed because that's what, or I didn't succeed because of this or that. It's like 95% of the time, 98% of the time, you didn't succeed because of something that you did. Yeah, that was, you nailed it, man. And um, just like the small failures, and this kind of ties back into what we went over before. Um, and then it's the, it's the small habits. It uh, goes back to the algorithm. These small failures, and if they continue to happen, it, it is. It's the small things. The small steps get you up the mountain. The small failures get you to rock bottom. Um, you know, and you have to be aware of that. A huge thing you said was self-accountability. And you nailed it with society today that we always wanted to deflect. Oh, it's because of that or this or that. Somebody else, not me. And that is so annoying. Um, and I'm older now. My life. I'm, I'm trying to teach that to my kids. It's like, you're not going to know. This happened because of what you did, you know, or, or owning it. People are too afraid to own it. Um, and they don't realize it's like, for, for me anyway, I'm sure you guys are the same. When somebody owns their mistake, it's very respectable. If I see somebody say, hey, man, I screwed up. I'm sorry. Because we know that's not easy to do as a human, especially as a man, um, because we're supposed to be these big macho dudes, this and that. Well, we're never wrong. We're always right, blah, blah. But for any human being to 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 admit that they're wrong, I think is huge. Um, so it is. It's a small habits, small steps, small failures. How you uh, do one? How you do everything? It, I mean, it really is. And um, with the self accountability, that reminded me of something we talk about a lot in the military. I've talked about it on different shows. It's part of um, it's called the MRT, Master Resiliency Training, that we teach in the in the Army. Um, you have to be self aware to self regulate. And to me, that kind of goes with self accountability. You have to be aware of things so in this instance it can be be aware of the bullshit that you're telling yourself if you're trying to justify these things you know be like no it's not but so far to self-regulate if you know something is going to hey hang out with this person they're most likely to drive me back to mcdonald's and i'm trying to cut and i don't i don't need to be going by mcdonald's right now type of thing so yeah and that just seems well i think that's that's great information man Okay, here's a funner one. Let's let's lighten it up a little bit. Where is somewhere you've been or visited in your life that you would love to go back to uh, or suggest to others to go? And or where are some places that are on the bucket list that you want to travel to? Favorite place you've been so far and where do you want to go? It sounds like you're living there. Uh, Other than Florida. Ooh. Right. Uh, We went to Scotland for a week-long vacation. And uh, I'm not a vacation guy. I hate traveling. I hate not being in the gym. I hate relaxing. I hate <laughs> fun. Uh, so that was something for me that was really fun because we got to hike through the mountains, <clears throat> battle the weather. That was so much fun for me. I don't, 
I'm not a big uh, sit on the beach type of guy, which now that I live in Florida, I can do that whenever I want. So when we went hike through through Scotland, that was what's up, that Ed? Was so much fun. Ted. Hey, Ed, what's up? Yeah, it was an incredible trip. Uh, it, it's absolutely beautiful there, but they also have this really cool uh, law. So it's like uh, it's called their, it's like the free roam law or something, where you're literally there's no such thing as trespassing. So like you can go as long obviously you can't enter people's houses, but people can't tell you not to hike through their private property. So mm -hmm. like we were, there's really no, there's not really like land boundaries there. So you can just kind of go and explore. And so we were like hiking through like people's sheep farms. Like we like started on this mountain and then like all of a sudden there were just like flocks of sheep everywhere. Like, it was it was pretty cool. It was um, crazy. It's it's absolutely gorgeous. It I absolutely gorgeous. suggest everybody go there. The food was really good. Yeah. Oh, we went uh, we went and saw Lake Loch Ness or yeah. Lake, what would just be Loch Ness, I guess, because it's Lake. How but was that? Pretty cool. Or it's huge, isn't it? It's Massive. huge, and the water is black, completely black. Like you can't you like I I put my hand in it just a little bit, and my hand just disappeared. Yeah. Like. Creepy. No wonder they haven't found anything there. <laughs> it's, it's very eerie. Like, and then it's very deep too, isn't it? Yes. Uh, we train at American Top Team. Uh, to answer your question. Yeah, uh, it's very deep. I, I honestly, I can't remember. They told us a bunch of facts about it and whatnot. We went on a little boat tour. That it was, was really cool. Really cool. Um, but yeah, it, it's, I guess there's like peat is the is what the soil is up there and so it makes the water completely black and it's like, even when they they go down with like sonar they can only like see what's in ahead of them by so much so it's still kind of a mystery which is cool i also, guess it's real for sure <laughs> uh, i would think so what do you guys think yes or no what about bigfoot bigfoot real bigfoot's um, not real but the Loch Ness monster is 100 percent real or at least was real at one time i'll, I'll go with you on that okay have you guys heard? I'm a, I'm a huge squatch nerd. I like all that stuff, the Bigfoot and Loch Ness. So with the Loch Ness, close out on that. I'm guessing it's very the whole lake in general. I'm guessing is pretty controlled by the country or state or like. Can you just? No, they have no, boats not, out yeah, there. Yeah, not really. Like there were plenty of spots that you could just. I mean, like the whole thing, you could just walk around. There was abandoned castles everywhere. Like it's really cool. It, it was it was crazy. I yeah. I definitely think the Loch Ness Monster was real at one time. Also, dragons were real at one point, too. One more question. Do you guys do? Um, I mean, we train year-round, so we, I, we, we, try, we both try and stay ready. Obviously, like, things change a little bit in camp, but we're training all the time, man. I eat McDonald's. <laughs> That's out, the difference. Out, out of camp. <laughs> we're live together, man. So why not? Now, this isn't an argumentative sense, but I'm curious why, why you say no on Bigfoots and Squatches. I, I, I'm, I'm very science. I'm, 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 I went to school, studied biology. <laughs> I don't, I'm very science oriented. There is not, I'm not saying like there are not species that we haven't discovered, but I, I feel like we have combed pretty much every inch of the earth. It's much more likely that there are things, uh, organisms we haven't discovered in the ocean. Oh, than yeah. on, like, at least things that are still living, maybe yeah. Bigfoot at one time but i mean i would love to believe in yetis i think yetis are awesome that's that's my nerd moment is yetis i feel like they're more likely to exist because 
the Tibetan mountains are a lot harder to traverse than the woods in like Maine, you know? So I, I feel like it's more likely that there's something we haven't found up there. Grant, why do you say no? Uh, because we, we've, we've explored, you know, it's so much easier to explore land than, than water, you know, like with helicopters and, uh, satellites. I lost the word, wake up brain, uh, <laughs> satellites and stuff like that. It, it's super easy to, I, I wouldn't say super easy, but it's easier to discover everything that's on land. Whereas we discover new things in the water almost what every year, like yeah. there's, there's up, this, Tina? there's this jellyfish bat thing that lives in the water, and it's like the size of a water tower. Like it, it's humongous. Like, don't tell me, don't <laughs> tell me that some giant lizard-like creature doesn't exist in the ocean. You still like, think he believes in the himself. megalodon? Too. It's not the megalodon. I believe in the oh, the Loch Ness monster. No, I believe in the Loch Ness monster. The Loch Ness monster was real. I do believe that the Leviathan did exist and still does exist. It actually is mentioned in the Bible. I don't know if anybody's super religious, but it's mentioned in the Bible. And I actually do think that it existed at one time and might still exist. So tell me, and now I've, I've obviously heard of that, but let's pretend for our viewers who don't know, tell us real quick what that is. What? The Leviathan. Oh, it's, just, it's a giant sea monster. Uh, in the Bible, it talks about uh, it being pretty much indestructible. I think it even meant, I, I might be wrong on this one. I think it even mentions that it can't be hurt by time. So that's why I'm kind of like, it might still be real. And that depends if you believe the Bible or not. Like, you know, that, that's what I, I'm a pretty big science guy myself. But I still have that childlike wonder, unlike somebody. I still have that. Just for uh, <laughs> so have you guys heard of uh, skunk apes then? What is it? A skunk ape. The skunk ape? Oh, like, and I'm not, I'm not funny. You can pull it up on your phone if you want. It's because uh, they're from Florida. Because um, if you believe in these things, but yeah. like with the Yetis are up in the mountains type of thing, right? And, and different regions have their different things. The skunk ape, and look this up because I'm not bullshitting you. It sounds like I'm making it up. But they're in Florida and they're like squatch. They're basically like mini squatches. They're like Sasquatch <laughs> miniature size. I had a buddy. Like, you know what this is? This is like the drop bears in Australia. Have you heard of drop bears? I have not, but I need to. So it's not, they're not real. Like it's, it's the world's, it's the world's biggest prank. Like the most so people are in on this prank. No, I'm telling you. So like, yeah. if you in Australian, or at least while I was there, obviously I was there as a tourist. I was studying abroad. So like, I'm not from there, but like, I could not get a single person to admit to me that these weren't real. And they're supposed to be like evil koalas that drop out of trees and attack people. They're not real. Like there's no biological evidence to support this, but no one would admit it to me that you they weren't real. This is the that? same thing that Do like hear that? skunk apes. Do you hear that? There's no scientific evidence. <laughs> I'm just saying they're nerd. not real. And it's so obvious that they're not real, but no one will admit it. That's what this sounds like. Nerd. <laughs> I friend Chavis. He he would swear. I'm looking it up on my computer right now, skunk apes. Look at that. Type in skunk, the first thing to come up is ape, skunk ape. Here, pull it up on your phone. And I'm telling you, you think it's not because you you've heard of snipe hunting, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> from <Yeah. up. laughs> what is a skunk ape? Ooh, this has got pictures even. Or the stink ape. <laughs> That's just a bad picture of a of a monkey. No, nope, it's real. There's no way that's Forget real. You. It's science. <laughs> it's like octopus. This, this is the problem. This is the problem. She's like, there's no scientific evidence. There's a picture. How much more evidence do you want? Yeah. Have you seen have you seen giant squids at the bottom of the ocean? Or have you seen pictures of them? Same I rest my case. <laughs> Court adjourned. <laughs> I told you it was real. All right, hey, you two, we'll wrap it up. We're going on an hour. I really appreciate you guys taking the time. Grant, it was great to meet you. Um, L, always see you. I really appreciate you guys taking the time to join me. Um, so let's tell everyone that's watching now or that will watch because these shows will save to my page. Um, tell us again where we can watch you fight on the 30th. Uh, I fight April 30th. We're like nine days out, and I will be fighting on ESPN Plus in Vegas. L L when and I in May, um, on May 20th, and you can watch that on UFC Fight Pass. Hell yeah. And I saw, where can I get your uh, rookie cards, Grant? Because I need to order some for me and my boys. Uh, eBay. They're oh. on eBay for five bucks. The signed ones are, are pretty expensive, but if you just get the regular one and send them to me, I'll sign them to you and send them back. Oh yeah. Sign back. We got to have that signed copy. I dig it. Um, Let's see. Anything else? Closing remarks. Um, so here it is. What advice would you give to anybody, really? Kids, middle-aged adults, that, um, let's say that they're still waking up and they're not happy with their life, right? They're not living their version of success. What advice would you give to them to start moving towards the feeling of success and going after what would make them happy in life? Um. I think the first thing is take inventory. You have to take inventory of what is not making you happy. Um, and you, you have to address that. And I, I think that's the biggest thing is people ignore the things that are clearly the cause of their unhappiness or they blame them on outside forces. I got it right here. If you wake up and you're unhappy, get a dog. <laughs> get a dog. Look at that little guy. Get a dog. That's what you need. I, you and know, move, I, and get a dog to and Florida. move to Florida. Move to Florida. That's great here. I have a tortoise. Uh, I have, you guys have to have to meet him sometime. He's turdly. I do know shit. He's right over there. I have a tortoise. I had him for like 13. Yeah. Is he like a big one? I'll grab him real quick. Hang on. He's got an attitude. Well, he's a tortoise. Of course he has an attitude. They have attitudes when they're young and they're wise when they're old. Is that how it works? Yes. He's going to pretend that he was sleeping. <laughs> What's his name? Turdly. Turdly. <laughs> Co is the best. You're right, Trenton. Yay, Trenton. What's up, buddy? That's awesome. So I don't know if um, we may get in trouble for um, animal porn, but I got scared a, a year or so ago because I thought his um, intestines had fallen out, right? As you see there, I was That's a bit worried. So I'm messaging my buddies that are the docs and everything. I'm like, well, dude, what happened to blah? And they thought that it was a, I forget what you call it. Um, and I was going to pretend to wake up. Uh, so I took him finally to the vet. I had to go to Raleigh, which was like an hour and a half away to see an exotic vet. He walks in. He's like, oh, that's just his penis. <laughs> he comes and is just showing the ladies that he's ready. Say hi, Turdly. 
Except totally. <laughs> you took an hour and a half for a doctor to tell you that that was his penis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. Here, why a tur? Why a tortoise? Like you can't cuddle uh, it. You, you can't protect your house. Good question, man. I don't Not know. Cute. Not cute. He's a great educationalist. Um, he'll listen really well. Uh, I don't. <laughs> I was in Fort Wright. Like ever since I was a kid, I always liked box turtles. Um, and I'd find one and have it for like a day before it escaped. And then I, as a Fort Riley, this is in, like over a decade ago. And I was like, I think I'm going to get a, a tortoise, like a turtle. Uh, so I don't know what, where the fascination comes from with them. I just, I don't know. Hmm. But he's a oh, dog, man. He's, he's a, it's what we, we've had some good conversations. I can definitely tell when he's mad at me. It's pretty funny. Um, thank you again so much. Great answer on the taken inventory. Um, have you guys heard of Jordan Peterson? Are you familiar with him? Yeah. He's our hero. We love Jordan. I got to go see him live about a month ago and it was, it was intense. I hurt my brain. The man is so smart, but he said almost exactly what you did L with the thing about figuring out what's wrong. He's like, if you want to find out what's preventing you from being successful in life, Sit on the edge of your bed one night and have a conversation. Basically, take inventory. And so be able to identify what is keeping you from getting where you want to be. And you may not like it, but that's when you're going to come up. So I, I watched uh, I watched that. Uh, I don't know if it was the exact same one, but I watched that um, that lecture on online. Mm -hmm. yeah. Great. Um, again, thank you two so much. We'll be watching your fight Saturday night. Um, cheering you on i will watch you in the future too thanks again so much uh and thanks for joining in everybody we wish you the best of luck in both of your careers and, and we'll be chatting with you soon